I'm going to go ahead and just tell you what this message is about. I'm not going to just come around. I'm going to tell you because I want you to pay attention. Do you remember a little less than nine months ago, I preached a, less, I preached a sermon, and it was titled, It's Grow Time. I want you to look around. This is the biggest crowd we've ever had in July, and I know three families that are on vacation right now. We cannot let the month of July beat us. We can't let the heat beat us. We can't let all-stars beat us. We've got to put first things first. If Jesus is not the most important relationship in your life, all the other relationships are going to fall all to pieces. This is part of our message, actually. But my message is perception is not truth. Most people think that it is because they see something or they're taught something and they never go any deeper to find out what the real truth is. They just perceive it to be truth. I'll give you an example. I'm not on my notes at all, baby. Um, <laughs> let's say... Joel and I are watching a Dodger game. They're playing the Giants. They're arch rivals. The Dodgers beat the snot out of them. They were hitting the ball, man. They got so many hits, scored runs. I said, man, their offense is clicking. They're, they're right on point. And Joel said, no, I didn't see it that way. I see it. the Giants are a poor team. They played poorly. Two guys sit together, watch the same game, see two, something totally different. That's pretty simple, isn't it? What's the truth? The truth is that both of them combined, really. Good pitching beats good hitting every single time. It's the way it works. But we've got to search for the truth. My question is this. Why is there one Bible and thousands upon thousands of denominations all across the world? Because they perceive something different. I, I was lucky. I was born into a good family, ginger too. We were born in a great family, Bible-believing man, loving God. But I was, we were both raised Baptist. And when I got older, you know, I, mean, I, I just got sick of it, you know, going to Baptist church. And so I joined the Methodist church so I could drink beer in the front yard and the backyard. <laughs> that was my whole purpose. That was my whole purpose of going there. Seriously, I am not lying to you. I drank a lot of beer. I loved it. 
I did. I mean, I, I drink at least a 12-pack a day. At least. That's on, a, that's on a low day. That's if I had a stomach bug or something, maybe a 12-pack. <laughs> you know, and so I wanted to go to the Methodist church because you could drink Methodist church, Baptist church. They, they, didn't, they, didn't, they, didn't, they frowned on it, you know. They did. And uh, how many Baptists do you take fishing with you? Two. Because if you take one, he'll drink all your beer. And on the other side, what do you get when you get four Episcopalian priests a fifth? Nobody caught that. A fifth of liquor. Four Episcopalian. Oh, God. Bad. That was bad, 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 Anyway, 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 I was, I was raised in a Baptist church. I, I, and, and, and I never heard the, word, the term, the word, Holy Ghost when, in a Baptist church. It's the Holy Spirit. And when they talk about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can only do two things. Comfort and convict. I've never in a Baptist church heard a message on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They stay away from it. They, they, they don't even talk about Let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about it. Not happening here. It's in the Bible. They don't want to hear it. Where in the Bible do they sprinkle instead of baptize? It's not in there, is it? One Bible, thousands of denominations. It makes absolutely no sense to me. Does it to you? I, my dad, he was raised in a very strict Pentecostal holiness family. My grandfather would measure the hem on my grandmother's dress. She never cut her hair her, her entire life. And she wanted my mother, who she hated, and my mother hated her too, to do her hair. And she said, she walked into the, that, the morgue and they had her laid out on this uh, marble thing, you know, and her hair was on the floor, and it, and, and my mother told me this, and this is, my mother was a straight shooter, you hear me? I, that's where I get it. My dad, he was not so much, my, my mother said, the whole time I was fixing her hair for her funeral, I wanted to just pull every one of them out. <laughs> Did she? Couldn't stand the woman. Couldn't stand the woman. And the whole thing was revolved around Pentecostal religion. My mom and dad were uh, members at Life Tabernacle in Shreveport. Uh, mother did the, was in it, uh, helped Anna Jean Price 
um, do um, in Sunday school. And they, did, they saw Pentecostals being so holy and everything, and then they saw the other side of it. And so they left the, Pente left the Pentecostal church and went to the Baptist church. My mother couldn't stand it. How old was she got the Holy Ghost? 70? She, she finally, at 70, she, she received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. She said, I don't know why I didn't do this when I was a teenager. She said, my eyes are open now to a lot of things. See, that's what the Holy Ghost will do. The Holy Ghost will give you truth, not, not your perception of it. A lot of times, we perceive truth to be what we want it to be. Not what it is. But perception is not truth. People say just the opposite, don't they? All the time. All the time. But, but my dad, I had friends that went to an assembly church and I would go with them. My dad was all for that. He said, if you're going, if you're going there, you don't have to go to our church. If that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. He understood the importance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He just didn't want to be in a Pentecostal church. He just didn't want to do it. And uh, they never once kept me from going to spiritual churches. Well, it didn't do any good. I mean, I didn't get saved until I was in my late 30s, or wasn't it? Early, yeah, late 30s. Um, I'm 40. I drank a lot of beer in 40 years. But now the time I use beer is when I'm making a chicken. Stick it up there and there you go and put it on the grill. When it falls over, it's drunk, then you eat it, and it's delicious. <laughs> How many of y'all do that? I do all the time. It's great. It's great. Wonderful. 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 Um, my father, I've told you all this before, but he was a soul winner. Out of the, some of the kids that he would take duck hunting or coach in Little League or take white perch fishing, there are seven pastors that he led to the Lord when they were teenagers. Seven. That's a lot. That's a lot. I'm, I count myself in that too. Um, but he perceived the Baptist doctrine, which is a good doctrine. I'm not saying anything bad about it. I'm not. I mean, where would we be without the Baptist church? Where would we be without Billy Graham? Huh? We're... Baptists, Methodists, Episcopalians, Lutherans, all of them, they are never going to see the same way on this side of heaven. But on the other side of heaven, it's total truth. There's no perception. It is exactly what God says it is. Are we getting anywhere? I mean, I, I, think, I'm, I think I'm losing you. Or maybe I'm just getting lost. Uh my question is this, what if I was born into an atheist family and never went to church? 
That's why soul winning is so important. People that don't know anything, when they see truth, most of the time, they're going to latch on to it. What is truth? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one can get to the Father except through me. I don't know where that scripture's at, but I know the scripture. But Jesus is truth. And you can't get to heaven unless you go through Jesus. What if I was born into a Muslim family in Syria or, or somewhere? That's all I would know. They believe in God. They just don't believe in Jesus. And Muhammad made up a whole new Bible called the Koran. What if I was born into that family? You're lucky. You ought to be praising God every day you're born in a Christian nation. I'll be, tomorrow night, I'll, I'll be in Doha, Qatar. It is a Muslim nation. When you're on the plane, the Koran is on your screen to read. When, you, when you're flying on Qatar Airlines, they have their blankets and they get in the aisles and they do their prayers. They perceive Allah to be true. God in Farsi and in Arabic is Allah. That's what they're saying, God. God is good. They say it all the time, all the time. But they don't know the truth. That's why world evangelism is so important. That's why I go to Africa. That's why I go to everywhere I go, because world evangelism is going to bring about the rapture. And when everyone has heard the gospel, we will be raptured at that moment. But nobody knows when that moment is. Jesus has no idea. God's going to tell him, go get my people. And he's going to come. But if we're not soul winners, if we're not truly out to save souls, you're going to die. I want to be raptured. I want to I fly. I want to know about three seconds before the rapture. And I'm going to grab a sinner. And man, when the rapture comes, I'm going to get about 100 feet high. I say, you want to go to, you want to, go to heaven or you want to let you go? He'll believe then. He'll, his perception will become truth when the rapture comes. The world will know that we are right. Man. Here we go. Perception is fluid. It constantly changes by your circumstance. Constantly. But the truth never changes. Malachi 3, 6 says, I am the Lord thy God, I change not. Hebrews, Jesus said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
So your opinion really doesn't matter. You can go to a church that's going to fit your lifestyle. That's not right. When, we, when Ginger and I are, are um, counseling with married people who are having problems in marriage, there's two things I like to do. Because one, of them, one thing is I tell them, I want you all to take a walk together for 30 minutes every day. You don't have to say a word to each other. But they will start to communicate. May be bad at first, but it's going to get better. And I tell them one more thing. I said, I said this just the other day. I said, you've got to make your relationship with God the most important relationship in your life, and your other relationships will fall in line. If you and your spouse put God first, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Because that's the relationship that's supernatural. That's the relationship that will last forever. There's no divorce from God. There's no... Are you following me? It's got to be the most important thing in your life. The most important relationship in your life. Or you'll fall apart. But the world will tell you, you need to, you need to communicate and spend more time together and, and that may be the most important relationship in your life. It sounds right, but that's a worldly way to do it. If you want to do it the right way, the godly way, the spiritual way, you don't put your wife above God or your husband. It's got to be the most important relationship in your life. And when you stay in it, and when you study, and when you're in your word, and when you pray, God will show you things that you would have never found out on your own. Problems will disappear. The answers to your questions will come if it's the most important relationship in your life. I told somebody the other day, I said, I hate cancer. I hate it. With a passion. I made the statement the other day. A friend of mine, y'all know, Wesley, Britton, Clint's dad died. And uh, he's, a, he's a good friend. He's a good man. He loved Jesus. But when he divorced, he just kind of fell away a little bit, you know, but he come from time to time, and he called me, and we'd talk, and, and I just hate cancer, and I, I made this statement, I would give my life for a cure for cancer. I would give my, I would die today for a cure of cancer, so so many thousands, hundreds, and thousands, and millions of people wouldn't die with that disease. I'd give my life for it. It's just not. I hate it. I hate it. <clears throat> we want a denomination that best suits our lifestyle. 
That's what we go looking for. It's like picking out a school. I'm going to go good school for my kid. One that's going to teach them good study habits. You know, I mean, that's, I want to pick a church that believes the way I believe. I want to say, you know, I, I'm, before I say this, no, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll say it later. Y'all know the alphabet crew, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know what the alphabet crew is? LGBTQXYZ question mark one, two, fourteen, seven, whatever it is. I don't know. But they are all Methodists and Episcopalians now. Why? Because it, it, it's in line with their lifestyle. It's not in line with the truth. It's in line with their perception of truth. It's not going to work. Now, with that being said, I have a lot of gay friends. I don't agree with their lifestyle, but I love them. They're my friends. I got one that's about dead right now. He's going to be, he's probably not going to make it for me to get, go to his funeral because I'm about to be gone for a month. I leave fly out at 4:25. Can't wait. Can't wait. I love it. I've seen thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Muslims get saved. It's amazing. T.L. was in Africa one time, and he had 91,000 people get saved in one service. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. World evangelism. We've got to tell the truth. Say the truth will set you free. Because if you're not, you are in bondage. You've got blinders on. That's what the Bible said. That relationship has to be your top priority. If it's not, you know. You know. Mm. And besides that, the alphabet crew thing, it's sin. No more sin than telling a lie. It's a sin. But this is a willful sin. Living a life of sin is not going to make it. I don't care what your opinion is. I don't care. The Bible is very clear. Very, very clear. And it's just... It's, you're not going to reach people like that when you're constantly pointing out their lifestyle. You point, constantly love them. That's what you do. You love them. God's currency is not possessions. It's love. That's God's currency. And that's got to be ours. We have to love everybody. And we, we're not going to, we're not going to get them. We're not going to reach those people if we're constantly bashing them. Now I, I'm telling you, I had to work on that. 
I really did. But man, I'm telling you, I've got a different attitude than I had, you know, 20 years ago. But I don't accept the lifestyle, but I love the person. And that's in any sin. I don't care what it is. God's currency is love. Always. Always. Ugh. All right. Perception is tricky because everyone interprets through the lens of themselves what I want to be, not what I've got to be. I want, I want to be in a denomination that lets me do this or this and this and this. Well, you're, you're just going to church. You don't have a relationship with God. You want to go to a church where you can connect with God more than you can in another church. That's what, you, that's what you're here for. You're here to connect to God. I know that there's some people in this room that are lost, that are going to hell. I know that. Because yesterday when I was praying about this message, I said, God, tell me what you want to say. And he told me, he didn't tell me what to say. He told me, he said, you're going to have lost people tomorrow. I said, wow. Cool. And nothing better than leading somebody to Jesus. Nothing in this world can come anywhere close to that. Because you've changed their eternity. We're here for a very short time. Michael Stanley and I were talking, and uh, he said, there's people, a lot of people, they get saved, and that's all they want. They just want to make sure they're not going to hell. And they don't do anything with their life. Today, 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 I want you to make the decision to make your life mean something because eternity is too long to be wrong. My friend Jack Daniels, the guy that led me to the Lord. Isn't it funny? I, I drank so much beer and Jack Daniels led me to the Lord. That was his name, Jack David Daniels. You look up Evangelist in the dictionary, you'll see Jack Daniels' picture right there. He gave me one of the greatest compliments anybody ever gave me. He was dying. I went to see him last time. And there was a pastor there, some big, some big church in Mississippi. And when I walked in, he looked at, he didn't say anything to me. He looked at that guy and pointed at me and he said, that's my fruit that remains. He got that. When you lead somebody to the Lord and they're going to do their best to make something out of their life. That's what, you, that's, what, that's what I'm after. When I see people, when I see Terry, Josh and Emily, I mean, I mean, it's just, I see, it just gets me excited. You have the ability to change someone's perception of truth 
give them truth, and deliver them from hell. That's your job if you're a Christian. That's your job. Can you tell I'm ready to go? <laughs> Gosh. I'm not saying, and a lot of people believe this, they say this about me, I know I've heard it, I've, I'm, I'm very highly criticized <laughs> by other pastors and churches because I don't do things churchy. I do things relationally. And uh, I'm not saying it's my way or the highway. Go to John 14 for me. Yeah, John 1, 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory of, all, of the begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the Word made flesh. You look at a Bible, that is Jesus in a leather jacket is what that is. Everything about it is truth because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There's going to be a very small percentage of us make it to heaven. I'm talking about on a world scale. Very, very few. Muslims are invading Central Africa. They've already got North Africa. They're in Central Africa coming, coming down. I'll be with Ian in Sudan next year doing a crusade over there, a big crusade, big, big crusade. And uh, it's just when you see Muslims come to Jesus, it's one of the most... It's the biggest transition I can see in a person's life. It's crazy. They get angry after they've gotten saved because they know the truth and they've lived a lie their entire life. But now they know the truth. They have to go back and face their families. It's tough for them. You need to pray for them. I've I've been in I've actually I've led a uh, witch doctor the Lord. I got a friend in ten, uh, Arusha Tanzania. He was a witch doctor, and his family put out a hit on him. Tried to kill him. Tried to kill him. Tried to kill him. They his, his brother came to a crusade to slip in through the crowd and kill his own brother. And Egan was preaching, and you know, and he hit that man. He, he he landed on the ground. Just what Egan didn't know anything. Just bam, landed on the ground. He got up a Christian, went and found his brother. He said, well, I, "What do I do?" Both of those men, both witch doctors, are pastors of big churches in Tanzania right now. Witch doctors. You know, I've been cursed with chicken blood, chicken poop, chicken feathers, a whole chicken, Kentucky Fried Chicken. You know, it's, we don't, 
It's just, but Nando's is better. It's the only, we're going to a place where there's three places I like to eat. And it gets old. I was there two months last year, and it, I, I got old. It got old, real old. We went at Nando's or the duck or the dusty donkey. I love the dusty donkey. I've even got a shirt from the dusty donkey. Anyway. The reason that you can't go to God except through Jesus, because Jesus didn't save you. God saved you by sending Jesus to carry out what he wanted to do. People pray to Jesus all the time, and it's a useless prayer. Jesus said, you pray to my Father in my name, and anything you ask in my name, he will do. We've got people that, are, that don't know how to pray. Why? Because they're not in a relationship with God. But if you're putting forth effort, the Holy Spirit will reveal that thing to you. It's crazy, isn't it? It's something different. Ooh. I'm out of time. Truth never changes because Jesus never changes. I'm away the truth and love. I change. Oh, Malachi 3, we did all those. He doesn't change. If he said it's sin, your opinion does not matter. Your perception is going to send you to hell. It's crazy. I'm going to go to a church that fits my lifestyle. No, you've got to find a church where you can connect to God through the Holy Ghost. I never heard, I never, when I was growing up in Baptist church, I never once heard the word Holy Ghost. It kind of freaked me out when I started hearing it when I'd go into the Assembly of God church. Ghost? How many of us did freak you out when you heard the Holy Ghost when you were a kid? I did. It was like, what the heck's a ghost? I don't believe in ghosts. If there's a Holy Ghost, there's an unholy ghost too. There are Christians in every single Bible-based denomination. Some of them just don't know, but there are Christians in every, there's Christian Lutherans, there's Christian, there's even Christian Catholics. All of it, every denomination has true Christians in it, but as a whole, it's not, it's not good. I'll just say that. I'm not trying to be, I don't want to be too critical because they are churches. They are people wanting to connect to God. Just they need to find the right one so they can connect to it. This message, <laughs> this message is for those, this message is not for those that just want to get to heaven. 
This message was preached for those who wanted to make a difference in their life while they're here on earth. Tom and Dorothy have made their lives count over and over and over and over again. I don't know how many people have been led to the Lord in their house. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Their house is the most successful church in this city over all these years. They care about people. They take them in. They love them. They feed them. They, they show them the word. That's, that's a life well lived. Do you hear me? That's what we're supposed to do. They are prime examples. Do they mess up? Sure, just like everybody else. But they're prime examples of what we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do. They've given away vehicles. They've, they invest into the lives of people, and God invests into their lives. That's how it works. I want to be successful here and there. That's what I want. I want to make my life count. I want, when I get to heaven, I want to hear, well done, not just, well, what'd you do? I want it to count for something. We're not here long, guys. We are not here long. A friend of ours, Son, 19 years old, got decapitated in a car wreck last week. 19 years old. We don't know when our time is. I don't care when my time is. I don't fear it is. I fear not living a life that pleases God. Death doesn't scare me. I mean, everybody's going to do it. It's not anything special. I want to die a cool death. I want to, I want to be, be preaching in a line, run through a bit of eating here or something, you know. A rapture, I'll come back, all that line poop, putting me back together. Send me on. I want a cool death. I want to die in a hospital. I want to die on a mission field. I don't care if I die tomorrow. I'm going tomorrow, you know. So, I mean, I'm, today, I'll be, in, I'll be over the Atlantic in about 12 hours. So, yeah. Whew. All right. This is for those who know truth and want to make a difference in the world. For those who want to make their life mean something. Have I got those people in this room? Huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. You want your life to make a difference. You want to change other people's lives. Huh? Yeah. Stand up then. Before I pray for you, I'm going to do something that, you know, I learned in the Baptist church. I want everybody to bow their head and close their eyes. I don't do this often. And I mean, bow your head! <laughs> Y'all see the planet of the apes? Bow your head. <laughs> bow your head. Close your eyes. 